Welcome to Single While Entrepreneuring, where business, bays, and brutal honesty intersect. With your hosts, Amber Aziza and Harold Jean-Louis. Welcome to another episode of Single While Entrepreneuring. I'm Amber Aziza. And I'm Harry Jean-Louis. So we have come back from a very long break. A very, very long break. Did you have a nice break, Harold? Definitely did. Definitely did. Excited for everything that is to come. Good. Did you go on any dates? I have. Uh, a couple of sprinkles. I mean, um, we're going to need material to talk about. <laughs> <laughs> what about you? Um, I've gone on a, a couple and I got into an actual relationship. Oh, okay. <laughs> so, you know, I'm, I'm technically still single, you know, not married yet, but um, <laughs> someone's, you know, cuffed me. <laughs> oh, okay. All right. All right. So cuffed. you'll let me know when we have to change the title of this podcast. Right. <laughs> right. <laughs> okay. right. Right. I'll keep you posted. I'll keep you posted. (laughs) So the other night, Honey and I were watching a show called Modern Love. Highly recommend it, y'all. Really good show. Um, My only complaint with that show is that they don't have any black female love interests. Like all all the love interests are like either white or black men or Asian, but no black women. You're going to have to fill me in. What is this show about? So Modern Love is a bunch of entries. You know how the New York Times always do, they kind of do these uh, human thought pieces, right? Where they're like, write in and tell us about, you know, a missed encounter or tell us about, you know, a, a relationship that you had. And so these people write in and they decided to make a TV show based on it. So every episode is a different entry that somebody wrote in. Okay, okay. Really cool show. It really shows different types of dynamics of relationships. So, like, some of them are romantic relationships, Mm -hmm. and then others are more, like, father-daughter. Some are more friendship relationships. But it's all about how love is, you know, perceived in today's world. Really dope show. Okay, sounds good. So we're watching one of the episodes, the one with Anne Hathaway, and she's very good in it. And I'm I'm not a massive Anne Hathaway fan, but she was excellent in this. Um, She plays a woman who is bipolar. I'm not giving you any spoiler alerts, guys, because... Spoiler alert, cover your ears, everyone. (laughs) There are no spoiler alerts in this. Um, So she's bipolar, and it just shows how being bipolar impacts her life in every aspect, dating, work, friendships, etc. And... It got us talking about the fact that, you know, if she would just tell people up front, like the guys that she's dating, hey, I'm bipolar and this is how I'm dealing with it, would that change the outcome of these relationships? And Honey, being sweet, kind, gentle man that he is, was like, yeah, if you had told me like, hey, I'm bipolar, I would, it would have given me the option to choose and I would have probably said, okay, let's work through it together. I said, that's crazy. (laughs) So I say this as someone who has a a loved one who I've grown up with who is bipolar, and I've seen how it impacts marriages and relationships and parenting and children, and I've seen all the the facets of it, and I also know that it impacts people differently. But for me, I thought, you know, the first words that came out of my mind or out of my mouth were, but is that a level of, of, of damage that you don't necessarily want to share? 
And so before we bring out the torches, because y'all are quick to roast me <laughs> for my choice of words, I don't, I, everyone's damaged. Every single person is damaged, right? Yeah. Um, I have control issues and, and it's severe. Like if you want to be with Amber Aziza, you better be prepared with the fact that she's going to want to control every aspect of your life and you're going to have to fight her all the way to not do it. <laughs> it's just how I am. Um, everyone has elements of, of being damaged. And so it brought me to a conversation that Harold and I had had a while ago about, you know, how do we define damage? What is your your threshold of I can take this at the beginning of dating someone, not you've been dating them for years or you've been dating them for a while and you really can see a life with them. And then you find out like that they have a weird obsession with Cabbage Patch dolls. Like, (laughs) you know, so at what point can you say, you know, A, what is damage to you and B, what, how far along is it that you would need to be before you would want to know it? Would it be right up front or would it be more like, let me know after I fall in love with you. <laughs> let me know when I've got more to lose to walk, if I walk away. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, great questions, right? Um, well, damage, when you ask the question, what is damage? I was thinking, huh, there's so many levels, right? There's the surface level type of damage and then mm-hmm. there's like the deeper things that, like you're talking about like bipolar right um Mm -hmm. i remember i was talking to a girl and she disclosed fairly maybe like three or four dates in that she did hard time um prison yeah Yeah, prison 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 um and had been locked away for five years so um I was like, you couldn't tell me this day one. <laughs> wow. I'm like, all right, that's that's some serious time. It wasn't uh, overnight, <laughs> right? It was like, okay, you did. Right. It wasn't like a night in the drunk tank. Like everyone spent a night in the drunk tank, but like hard time. Yeah. Like, but to her on her defense, I mean, when would you disclose? Right. That? When's that, a good time to say that? Yeah. yeah. Is that a date? Is that one month into it? Like he really gets to, you know, he knows me and mm-hmm. then he can accept that. So even with the bipolar thing, when your honey was talking about being able to disclose it on the first date, I'm not sure a lot of people would be able to digest it that early or something like that, that early. Right. I, I, and that's what I was saying is that, you know, for me personally, I have been in that situation. I've been on a date with a guy, first date. Actually, we weren't even on a date yet. We were on a, just in our conversation after the swipe. It was just first <laughs> conversation. And he was like, I just want to be honest and tell you, you know, that I, I am, um, I have a manic depression. And he was like, you know, explaining how it affects him. And, and he's like, you know, I said, so how does that affect you in relationships? How does, you know, if I had to ask your ex-girlfriends how, you know, it impacted them, what would they say? And he said, you know, well, they'd probably say that I was flaky. Well, for me personally, flaky is a deal breaker, right? And even though it's something that he can't control, you know, I've never fault anyone for something they can't control. But the reality is that for me, I know my limit. I know my threshold. And for me, flaky is a huge red flag for me just in general. So for me, even knowing that right out the gate, I told him, you know, I just don't, I can't do flaky. Like you could have said any other word. I probably could have done it. I can't do flaky because for me, you know, it it triggers abandonment issues that I have, which is my damage, right? I typically will tell a guy if I'm 
going out with a guy and dating him, you know, going out on dates. Usually about the fourth date, I tell them about my severe abandonment issues from, you know, being in foster care, because it's important that he understands why I react the way I react when you don't text back during a certain time frame, you know, or when you like my Instagram post, but you didn't reply to my text, like that's, <laughs> it's going to trigger some really crazy versions of Amber that you don't want to see. Um, but, but I usually wait until about the fourth fourth or fifth date because I think it's important for for them to know but by that time they've been able to really make a decision about my personality and who I am to determine if they're willing to take that extra step that's going to be needed to not trigger those abandonment issues you know what now that you mention it I mean speaking back on that episode I think there's sometimes I lead with a lot of information but I think Mm -hmm. I assess it based off of my communication with the person right Mm -hmm. so if I'm like all right you know what this could potentially go somewhere you know what, let me front load this information. I've been in a situation, I mean, no, uh, a lot of people may not know this, but I am divorced um, about 10 years ago, right? And there was someone I was into, started talking to her, and she did a Google search. <laughs> and ended up on my Facebook page. She told me, she's like, wow. you're married? And oh, I was like, wow. what? No, at that time, I was like, maybe months removed from it mm-hmm. or within the year. It was, hadn't it, quite changed the Facebook status yet. It didn't change. No, well, I mean, um, I changed the Facebook status, but I didn't go in and do a massive delete. Right. They didn't do the full sweep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But, and I'm like, wow, is this what my future is going to be? Thanks, Google. Right. <laughs> Let me tell you. Google Sometimes certainly I don't have certain conversations come up a lot faster than they needed to. <laughs> <laughs> so sometimes I may front load it. I mean, I'm like, all right, she seems receptive. Let me at least put this because this may be her deal bringer, right? Or right. give her the opportunity to ask the right questions for me to be able to explain. Mm-hmm. I think, you know, another thing that you have to consider, you know, when you're thinking about, you know, what is damage? I, I had a friend, he's not a friend anymore because he's just kind of a douchebag, but I had a friend who any woman to him who had either been married and divorced or has kids was considered damaged goods to him. And it was like, right up front, I want to know this before I even waste my time or energy. And for him, that was his threshold. He wanted someone that in his mind had a clean slate. Um, And so for him, he probably would have been like, I'll date this girl who, you know, has control issues or I'll date this girl who, you know, <laughs> who, he'll be like, yeah, as long as she's not married and doesn't have kids, you know? Yeah. So uh, damaged, I think, you know, I even hate that word. I just hate the word damage because everyone's damaged. It's just what kind of, you know, it's more like baggage. Everybody's got baggage. Just Correct. what, what's in your baggage versus what's in someone else's. Correct. I mean, I'll, I'll, co-sign whatever he was saying um not regarding the marriage because i mean i've gone through that however um the kids i mean i would want to at least start a family start anew like you know a first time having our kids for the first time so for me i padded with that language even though it's yep you damaged i'm out sorry listen as someone who has been engaged to someone who had a kid i wouldn't do it again i wouldn't 
I wouldn't, and, and, and I know it's awful to say because, you know, people will say, well, you know, as a woman past a certain age, that's all you're going to get. Listen, my honey has no kids, <laughs> not a one. Um, and so for me, it's like, I don't want, I want your first kid to be my first kid. Like, <laughs> I don't want baby mama drama. I don't want any of the stuff that comes along with it. And, you know, not only that, but yes, it's absolutely possible to love someone else's child. I loved my ex-fiance's son. Like he was my own. I adored him. He was amazing. But there were certain limitations that would be kicked in because your stepmom. You know, you can't create rules for your house because your stepmom, you know, and so it's like, when we have kids, I'm like, I'm not gonna let my kid do that. <laughs> and, so, and, and and at the age that we're uh, again, okay, and you said it, you said at the age that we're at, a lot of our peers will even give us that pressure, and they're like, mm-hmm. you have the option of choosing at your right. age. Like, oh, yeah, <laughs> exactly. We're out there. It's even easier now. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. It's dwindled down more. Process of elimination. <laughs> So with you, Harold, what would you say is kind of your big, like, red flag woman tells you this and you're just like, I I have to think twice before I dig into this outside of the kids thing. You know, what would make you go, hmm, I'm going to have to think twice before I step into, into this pool? It's weird. It's weird because I'm a complicated guy sometimes. <laughs> um, just because it may be like a level of ambition. It'll be something that's not supposed to be on someone's radar. Mm-hmm. But I'm like, all right, so what is that future goal? What, you know, because I'm, I'm very ambitious. I'm, I'll come up with so many different ideas and I'll pursue them. I'll actively try to pursue them, right? So if she has uh, like that okay, I just want to sit on the couch and not do anything and or or just doesn't have a drive, like a level of drive, it may turn me off. And I may put that in damage category, even though no one else would. For me, I think it's 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 what they're what they're bringing baggage wise from past relationships that really get me like if he's coming in and he has serious trust issues to me that's massive damage that I don't even want to try to fix or repair because it's just going to be too hard. Um, and, and, you know, maybe if his trust issues don't show up until we're, we've been dating for like three months and then it's like, Whoa, okay, there they are. Then I might be more inclined to say, all right, let's try to work through them. But if it's right out the gate and it's just like, you don't trust anybody, do you? <laughs> it's going to be, it's going to be a problem. Um, I think also in terms of if, if they struggle with just relationships with people in general, like, you know, if you notice that, you know, those people that like, when you're talking to them and you're like, Oh, how was your day? It was good. Except this, jerk at work said blah 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 or my asshole boss said blah 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 or and then I got on the bus and the stupid guy next to me was it and it's just like you don't you don't get along with anyone <laughs> that's when it's gonna be like okay you've got some issues that you probably need to go to therapy for and I'm not your therapist I think that's my biggest thing right I think that's my biggest red flag for damaged men is if I feel like you're turn you're trying to turn me into your therapist where I'm having to hear all your issues and help you work through that. I don't want to do that. I'm not a licensed therapist. (laughs) But is it that, or is that just relationship? Like, I mean, aren't you supposed to talk to your partner? I think talking to your partner is totally fine. And I'm not saying, you know, don't talk me and honey. We literally talk all the time. Like 
Yeah. <laughs> I hope he doesn't hear this because he will hear my voice. I would like to talk a little less, but we talk all the time. <laughs> so I'm not, that's not the problem. But the problem becomes when you have serious deep-rooted issues and you need to go see a therapist for them and you're not. And you just are like, let me just emotionally dump on you. That I can't do because I'm not a therapist. I'm not trained to, to handle your issues like that to that level um and so you know i'm the one that's going to be the first one to say go see a therapist you know go see a therapist go you know talk to a priest <laughs> go somewhere <laughs> laying in bed and telling me about how terrible everybody else in the world is um yeah maybe i just lack that gene that sympathy gene <laughs> <laughs> you triggered something from me. I mean, I was in a past relationship where I don't feel I don't feel that she was healed. And it wasn't with time because it was like two, three years removed from the relationship. But there were certain things that I would try to um, say or do that she had a strong reaction to. I mean, the relationship she was in before me uh, was the family was highly possessive. I, I guess they were like wealthy. So mm-hmm. like the mother was trying to groom her to just be like, you're just going to be the housewife and just go to these events and smile and blah, blah, blah. So it would be moments where I, I'm suggesting something. She's like, you don't control me. And I'm like, wait, what? <laughs> like, where did that come from? <laughs> then deeper into it, you're like, oh, because they were overly trying to, yeah. you know, your world she feels that anyone suggesting anything is just invading in on her space and trying to take away her right so maybe a year into that you know to Mm -hmm. to understand the pattern to get to know her more so like yeah that took some time to even uncover yeah yeah no i definitely can understand that for sure so i think that you know another big issue of when you know when you talk about damaged um or people's damages rather um because as i said and i keep emphasizing this because i don't want y'all to be thinking that we're like certain people are just damaged um everybody's damaged everybody has issues that they're bringing to the relationship um but i think a big misconception of damage is whole phases you know what i mean like everybody has a whole phase we ain't gonna act like you know, every man and every woman, everyone goes through a whole phase, a phase where they just running through them, like, line them up, stack them up, knock them down. I've had a whole phase. Um, I, I just recently got out of my whole phase. <laughs> some people's whole phases are years. Some people's whole phases are a couple decades. It's just everybody's had those phases. And I think, you know, when people, you know, some people have that thought of like, oh, if you've been with more than three people then you're damaged, and it's just like, how old are we? I'd be hard pressed to find someone who's only been with three people. <laughs> <laughs> like I, I went out on a date a few months ago with this guy in London, and he was like, "How many men have, would you say you've slept with?" And I told him, I said, "Apparently, I was like, yo, I am thirty-four years old. I lost my virginity at sixteen years old." That means that I have been having sex for over half of my life. (laughs) If you think I am sitting there with a tally book of like one this year, one that year, you are crazy. 
Yeah. It's crazy. Like that doesn't even make any sense. Can we just all agree that having a whole phase, or even not having a whole phase, but just having a healthy sexual drive is not being damaged, and having sex with right, having sex with a bunch of people before you is not being damaged. You are not the holy grail. <laughs> That's, that's that's not the question to be asking nowadays. I mean, because it's, as a guy, it's always one-sided, right? <laughs> it's like, I can say, and, the, and, and who's going to be truthful, right? So the guy, what, is he going to say his 150? Or <laughs> is he going to say right. a high number but not too high? Oh, just 40, you know, blah, blah, expecting you to say five when in actuality is nowhere near that. So exactly. I don't know, that's a loaded question. It's, I don't know. It's so loaded. And beyond it being loaded, it's it's unfair because, you know, it then it adds a level of like your virtue is e- equivalent to your worth. And that's not mm-hmm. the case because it doesn't matter who I slept with or what I did with them before you came in the picture. The reality is you came in the picture. I'm now with you. If I choose to marry you and have kids with you, that's my choice to do so. That has nothing to do with what I've done in the past. As long as I'm not bringing any STDs or babies from it, then it really has nothing to do with you. Pretty much. Uh, I agree. So So another one um, for me may be, I just guess looking at their health um, and and family health, it could even be as deep as finding out about family health. I mean, that that, that could, it's hard to phrase, <laughs> besides the hate mail that we're going to be getting. Well, we're already going to get it, so just. <laughs> might as well, right? <laughs> but besides that, it's like, all right, historically, this is what's going on in your family. I know my family history. Um, but even them telling me maybe like me putting up like, all right, you know what, maybe we shouldn't proceed. And that's probably hard to say, but um, it's just being real. Absolutely. I think that health is a big one. Um, for me, it's more of like, I, I, I'm, you can't control your genetics, right? You can't control that diabetes runs through your family. You can't control that high blood pressure runs through your family. Those are things you can't control for me. But for me, you can control how you take care of your health. Right. I'm a plus size girl. I'm not going to be one that's like, oh, you didn't go to the gym today. Like, <laughs> uh, not going to be that girl. But if every single time I'm like, hey, do you want to go to the gym with me? You have an excuse. That's going to be a problem. Right. That's that to me says, OK, there are some psychological issues going on here that's preventing you from wanting to care about your health and work out and eat healthy. If every time we go out to eat, you never, you know, order water, if I never see you drink water, or I never see you eat a vegetable, those are going to be huge red flags for me because at the end of the day, I have goals and things I want to do and, you know, having children and all of that, and I need you to be healthy to be there. So, you know, for me, that would be like a huge, like, well, there's some damage here that you need to figure out before we can be in a serious relationship at all. Gotcha. Yeah, that, it would scare me to, for someone to be anti-activities. Hey, let's go hiking. Let's, <laughs> let's right. do this and that. And then be like, no. And it's like, wait, I didn't say anything bad. <laughs> right. Exactly. Exactly. Um, how about this? So when it's easier to see a level of damage, right? If there's some form of addiction, right? So if there's addiction or, I don't know, drugs are strongly in the picture. I mean, that's something that should be probably disclosed from the beginning, just because you guys may not be compatible. 
Yeah, yeah. I totally 100% agree with that because that is a huge, huge deal breaker for me. Someone who's doing hard drugs, I just, I can't, you know, I come from a family of addiction. And so I know, you know, that like, I'm one of those people that can't just eat one chocolate chip cookie. So if you're going to put a line of cocaine in front of me, I'm certainly not going to do it because if I do it once, I know I'll be like, (laughs) do all the cocaine. (laughs) Cookie monster. I just thought of cookie monster for that. One cookie and you said line of coke, it's the same reaction. Ah. Right. So for me, I just I know I couldn't, you know, and I couldn't be around someone that is okay with putting that in their body and okay with doing it regularly and the danger that comes with that. Um, so for me, it would be a hard pass. But on the other hand, and this is where you know, damaged is is a relative. I always tell people, you know, that some, what your perception is of something is relative because how I perceive it might be different than how you perceive it. And I'm pretty sure this is something that we perceive very differently. I think we've talked about it before on the show. Hard drugs are no, if you're talking about cocaine, heroin, crack, meth, especially meth, meth heads are not cute ever. I've yet to see a cute method, but I digress. Um, But... (laughs) Um, but I'm okay with someone who smokes weed. I'm perfectly okay with someone who smokes weed. So even though, you know, I'm against anything harder than that, but weed, I'm like, okay, no big deal. Yeah. And then I lump it all in the same category. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I'm like, uh, weed, uh, maybe we could go on a date or two, but it's not, you're not going to be my wife. (laughs) Right. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> right. Someone once asked me, why don't you and Harold date? I said, oh, because I smoke weed. <laughs> She's like, wait, what? <laughs> I said, no. I said, well, there are other reasons too. He's like my brother, but you know, I smoke weed. So that's kind of a deal breaker for him. <laughs> yes, I am not like, that is not a deal breaker for me, weed. But you talk about like going in the bathroom and doing some coke, I'm going to have a real problem with it. So, so I think, you know, In conclusion, (laughs) I think we have to, you know, really assess as adults what is damage to us, what are things that we, you know, deal breakers, things that we just can't deal with and things we can't move forward with. Um, And at what point could you do it? Like if someone formed, you know, if someone were diagnosed with being bipolar while you're dating them and you notice the, the concerns, you notice the issues popping up that they weren't actually ever diagnosed till maybe six months into you dating them, I might have more skin in the game and I might be more inclined to say, okay, let's stick it out. Let's see how this works. Let's see how I can support you in this. You know? So I think as adults, we have to really understand where our threshold is, but also understand, you know, how invested are we in this other person when we find this out? Um, and I think it's the smart thing to do to understand, if, you know, when you're explaining your damages, that you're explaining them in a manner that's fair to the other person. It may not be fair to tell them on day one because they haven't even formed an opinion of you first. But in other ways, it may be fair to tell them on day one because it just might be a straight up deal breaker. But that's for you to determine as an individual. So I think we all know exactly, you know, what our damages and our deal breakers are. Be responsible. Consider other people's feelings as you go into these relationships and just keep it all the way 100. 
if you have a story you want to share with us of maybe a situation where you had to share damages or someone shared damages with you maybe a touch too soon, feel free to send them to podcasts at singlebizowners.com. Again, that's podcasts at singlebizowners.com. Can't wait to hear from you guys. See ya. Bye. Thanks for listening to Single While Entrepreneuring. Join us next time for more business bays and, of course, brutal honesty. Would you swipe right on this episode? Then do us a favor. Subscribe on iTunes or SoundCloud, then share it with your friends. Have an idea for a show topic? Or maybe a question that you'd like for us to answer on air? Then hit us up at podcast at singlebizowners.com. Again, that's podcast at singlebizowners.com. See you next time.